Who has the greatest beard of all time? Ooh. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, Dunn Jesus. Dunn. James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I like Where, Dunmit's answer. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> All time. time. All time. That's, uh, but the problem is we don't really know what he we looks like. <laughs> I was going to say freeway, but then I was like, oh, wow, Jesus. Yeah. I and, said I, you. You said me? <laughs> yeah. That was a good answer. Yeah. Mine yeah. was terrible. I mean, yes. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I don't think he even comes. Does good. he have a beard? I think he was Facial talking about the beard hair. design. Yeah, I was uh, the design. Oh. Yeah. But that's no, not that's not right. That's definitely like, does not count. No, that's he's not anybody's top fifty said, list. We all had long beards, right? We yeah. all had people with long beards, and then he goes. <laughs> you could have like, said James Harden. That's what that's I said. What he said. Oh, you said. I that. said James oh, yeah, Harden. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hey man, that's what it is. <laughs> Even Ryan Fitzpatrick has a really nice uh, beard. I don't know if you guys follow football, but yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, I actually also want to include Aquaman into this. Oh yeah. Honestly, he has a nice. I mean, he has a he nice has the like, whole everything. thing. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. package with it with the long hair. It's the Instagram yeah. models that have the best beards. <laughs> That's true. But they the beard, the, beard trend is kind of dying out now, too. Though. The man it bun and the beard. Yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't. No. <laughs> but anyways, Amber is graduating soon. I am. I'm graduating tomorrow, guys. Hey. Congrats. Nice. Wow. You're walking. Yeah, I'm walking. It's going to be happening. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. It's like more of a relief for you than it is... Uh, like yeah. excitement thing, right? yeah it's just like okay thank gosh it's behind me yes. finally done finally, so yeah. we are working on phd program now oh <laughs> nah i never wanna you can't just stop at the bachelor's ember um i'm sorry frost did you continue after your bachelor's i have four degrees so <laughs> upcoming all, all, all four of them are bullshitting <laughs> upcoming no that's dope though i'm happy for you i'm glad you get to finally do this Thanks. get it out of the, get it out of here because you always kind of like we're stressed about it like dealing mm -hmm. with work and all this other stuff that we now do now it's so. just work all the time now you have no excuse <laughs> no excuses <laughs> so yeah work. anyways recently frost and i we went to new york mm -hmm. we had we met a lot of people mm -hmm. it was crazy yeah. it was fun shout out to rummy and isak you guys um, have like muslims a and mercy packed. to mankind sorry they uh <laughs> yeah uh they brought us out so that was that was nice of them and we met a lot of like other cool really um other really cool people um but it's just like it's crazy how like in New York, uh, you go to like a shop, and you meet like fifty other people there that you weren't expecting to, and yeah. you all make connections. And it'd and, be like, the randomest thing. It'd be like a businessman, or it'd yeah. be like a creative, like an artist, yeah. or some guy owns this or that. Like, like we walked into um, a hookah lounge, and uh, it was owned by this guy uh, Cam. He's really cool. Uh, it's called For Those, um, and like we just randomly ran into like people here and there and they were like oh we recognize you from here and let's talk about this and let's collab on that and just like it's so it's so nice to finally like have that i'm like where we live it's just like you really have to seek out motivate yeah. yourself yeah. every single day yeah. like every single day is a new motivation mm -hmm. it's worth finding it. it but it's like it's crazy that like you know over there a lot of times it's just like people are coming to you almost yeah uh, as long as you're doing the work and you feel bad for not working hard enough yeah. Here it's like, you know, you look around and people are having the nine to fives and um, they're, you know, it's more, I'm not gonna say laid back, but like, you know, I guess in the creative and media space and all that kind of stuff, um, uh, business spaces, it's not as uh, hectic. 
as New York is. And so it's not as popping. Yeah. No. And like the jobs that people have over there are like, I've never even heard of them, but they're, yeah. you know, <laughs> getting their bags. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's always nice to be there and yeah, you know, hopefully we get to experience more of that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. My name is Faraz. My name is Amber. And today joining us, we have Dunmit Singh. Hey. hey. Welcome, this welcome. Is, this is awesome. Thank you for yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. I know. Thank you guys. We're for, actually in your space right now. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Yes. And it feels good to finally have visitors. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the space? Like, where are we right yeah. now? We are in the heart of beautiful Beltsville, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the industrial so no, area. So nowhere. Yeah, nowhere. we're basically yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just an industrial area right next to College Park. What about um, inside the space? Inside the space, we have um, it's this like a warehouse. beautiful 2,000 square foot warehouse that we've tried to convert into, make it look more like a startup space, make it feel warm. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea behind getting such a nice, spacious uh, location or whatever was that exactly like what you mentioned, you know, uh, in terms of creativity and in terms of like entrepreneurs, uh, things like that, this area is very dry. Uh, and so our goal was really to try and foster that environment. So people like you, people like anybody that wants to do creative things can just come hang out at Roots Gear, bring your laptop, you can work, you can study, you can do whatever you want. You know, you want to build a business or you want to make videos or you want to record a do podcast. You do you think it's possible to do it here? Yeah, 100%. Why not? As long as, yeah, as long as there's like, you know, the vibe is right. Like you're more than welcome to come and hang out here. We have a lot of people in our community that come by I mean, but like do you think that people are like willing to stay here or do you think that like everyone's trying to move out of here like go to well see that's the thing like there is there's spaces. like you know people go to new york and like right. shit like new york is a wave like even i think that sometimes i go to new mm. york and i'm like god like the amount of networking that i get done mm-hmm. and yeah. the creative energy is just so high mm-hmm. that i'm like shit i need to move to new york <laughs> yeah <laughs> but even but, being in maryland you connect with a lot of like local people through your business and that's so yeah. cool so even though you don't have people necessarily in here you're always connecting with a lot of yeah artists so that's my goal as somebody that's sort of been in this space for about like almost 15 years now um i want younger people people that are younger than me um to really not be afraid to explore their creativity awesome. and so if they need a place or somebody to talk to or chat to or whatever like i have friends that are doing stand-up comedy i have friends that are in the crypto space i have you know and so this just needs to be like a a little hub a hub yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. a place where you know it's encouraged yeah. because right. if you geography wise like all there is in dc maryland is government jobs and yep. non-profit jobs that's it everybody yeah. either works for the government or they're contracted by the government yeah. mm-hmm. there isn't really a lot of small businesses or anything like that so for people that don't know um don myth is the founder of roots gear clothing mm-hmm. company yep. um so let's talk about that a little bit because i think a lot of people see that yeah. name i know we certainly did um yeah everywhere. for the last few years <laughs> it's everywhere it's in your favorite music videos and and it's it's uh it's a name that's really really getting uh bigger and bigger every day i think so yeah what is what is roots gear um, how did you get it into it? Roots Care dates back to 2004, which is like really strange for a lot of people to hear. Mm. Um, me and my brother Sunmith, we started it when we were in high school. Um, wow. That shows our age. <laughs> 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 um, 
And at that time, it, what it was then is way different than what it is now. But I think you should kind of understand the background or kind of understand where we come from in order to understand where we are now. Um, in the climate that we started Rootscare was basically post 9-11. So Sadmith and I, with our mom, moved to this country, moved to America, to Maryland in 2000, in the year 2000. Like Y2K. Wow. <laughs> from where? Uh, from Kuwait, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. So we were born in India, but then we were raised in Kuwait. Mm -hmm. We uh, survived the Gulf War. <laughs> so like our parents left uh, Kuwait when Saddam invaded Kuwait. Kuwait oh and then we came back <laughs> then we spent another few years anyway wow. um, so we came here this is actually a funny story I love telling this as like a comedy bit <laughs> we moved here and uh, we grew up in an environment where Saddam was such a threat like all the time mm. like he was threatening with like chemical weapons biological weapons whatever so we used to go to school with a bottle of water and a white towel in our hands and they used to run drills where like you would get out of class, the alarm would go off, whatever. Everybody lines up, we get out of class and we're practicing how to like freaking, you know, damp your towel and put it on your mouth oh, in case there's like God. a yeah. this dude. Wow. Yeah. And we this was in fire Maryland? Drills. This is in no, Kuwait. No, dude. Kuwait. Wasn't, what the heck? Wow. <laughs> You're missing even... all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland? Dude. Kuwait. I, I thought you had already moved here. I was like, <laughs> no, wait, no. wait a second. I, I went back to tell a story. Yeah, I went back to tell the story. Yeah. I don't know why. Keep it's going, a tangent. <laughs> so anyway, that was like our reality. And so we were so used to it as kids. Like, you know, freaking 10 years old, 11 years old, we're like covering our faces with wet towels to like whatever. So we move here. And the year after we moved here, 9-11 happens. Jeez. And so oh my God. me as a 13-year-old, I'm like, eh. I was like, okay, like it happens here too, I guess. Wow. So like. Everybody Norm. else is floored, like shocked, mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this is like the biggest tragedy that's ever happened. But for somebody that's coming from tragedy, like, you know, like all that shit yeah. all the time. I was like, oh, OK, I guess. Yeah. But You're then, like, I'm not I'm not having to literally put a towel over my head. Yeah. Like, I just heard about it on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's unfortunate, you know, right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that that was our reality to not be able to shock us. And then um, post 9-11, there was like a lot of backlash against, you know, uh, sick people. How, how old were you by people. now? I was 13. 13. Yeah, okay. 13. Wow. So do you know what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm well aware. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, the reason why we started Rootscare was because there was a lot of fear mongering within the sick community where mm. sicks were like, oh, like, you know, there's hate crimes and people are calling us names and all this stuff. So we should be like really vigilant, but we should also be overly patriotic. Like we should carry around American flags. We should put bumper stickers on our cars that say six love America. Oh, wow. And we should, you know, like do all this Thai turbans that have like American flags on them. Where and are stuff. these talks happening? Like who's at the Gurdwaras at the local Sikh temple, right? Got it. And um, there's like all this stuff happening, and we came from like a really strong Sikh background, so we're mm. just like, this is bullshit. Like we don't need to yeah. assimilate into this society yeah. just because of one thing that happened and because of you know all this stuff that's happening to us now. Mm. Because w I think even early on, we just realized it would have really longer lasting effects mm. like think about that as a community you would have a generation of kids growing up that are 
so easy to assimilate that just sort of compromise who they are without thinking twice about yeah. it because of fear and the main thing that they're selling is fear like you don't want to be attacked do you mm. you don't want to be called names or bullied do you so yeah. do this kind of shit which is like the adults trying to protect the kids so it's fair yeah, yeah. in that response yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's adults also doing it too right so yeah. right. and they're also just like trying to they're just trying to look out conform. for their communities right yeah but, i'm not like it's not yeah, yeah, it's not intentional it's, it's not malicious it's just like it's still problematic. they didn't know any better because yeah. they're also immigrants to this right. country right. they also fear like oh you know like mm. we don't want to be kicked out or mm. we don't yeah. want anything mm. bad happening to us so it's like, the immigrant mentality to be like okay let's not try to cause a ruckus exactly yeah. right yeah we being rebels me and my brother were like yeah no f all that like we're just gonna even after like 9-11 yeah so after 9-11 we started root scare because we're like we need to do something to counteract all this other movement that's happening to connect kids back to their roots and oh, make them okay. feel proud of who they are where they come from and you know let them embrace our culture rather than buy this fear and buy american western culture and assimilate and you were 15 or um by the time we started root scare i was 16 i think that's crazy how are you, that's awesome how are you thinking in that way yeah. uh especially without social media i know it wasn't like no, around and popping, popping yeah, like that yeah. back then how did you know that this is something that other people were feeling when you don't even have the reach of them in that way it was a different time man honestly mm -hmm. like even though it's only been like 15 years yeah. um technology just came in and had such a hyper speed growth mm -hmm. that it really was a different time like we hung out a lot in person you know obviously like you had phones and shit and we were texting using like you know the, the nokia's yeah the yeah. nokia's <laughs> you gotta hit eight three times per text. Yeah, exactly <laughs> your mom catches you on the phone <laughs> i have a funny story about that uh, one night i was at high school and uh, this girl this girl i was dating at the time in high school i was on the phone with her under the covers you know like as you were like hey, yeah, yeah what's going on yeah blah 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 <laughs> and my mom walks in the room she's like oh give it <laughs> and i just chucked my phone to the oh. other side Why? oh my god she's like who are you on the phone with i was like i pretend to be what asleep phone? and i was like what huh what? i don't have a phone because that's casual <laughs> <laughs> my study buddy <laughs> that's funny yeah but yeah that's sort of where it started and yeah, then, but like how did you know it was gonna work like that's what i'm asking it. We okay did. so we you just it. yeah you just felt that pride and you but, did it yeah and there was a lot of community support at the time you mm. know because selling t-shirts with like cultural sort of pride wasn't like yeah. a big thing what uh, were you putting on the shirts like when you first started one of the first t-shirts we put out uh it was like a map of america I had a bunch of like airports marked with planes and it said 100% randomly searched at the following airports. That is airports. crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is wow. So you're literally making political statements. Yeah. Were yeah, you yeah. afraid wow. of backlash from, like, American people? We, uh, yeah, no. Actually, like, honestly, we were really fearless. Like, I look back to the way I grew up. I was very sort of politically charged, socially mm. conscious, very, mm. like, you know, I was listening to a lot of Immortal Technique. I don't know if you guys know of this rapper from New York. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to Common. I was listening to Nas. Oh, okay. Um, definitely so, like, when I moved to this country, I got it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, that was my thing. I was like, how do I make all of this relevant to my community? Mm -hmm. I want to bring this socially, politically conscious stuff to my community. It's interesting that for so many of us um, immigrants, it hip-hop is something that we resonate with yeah, um, yeah. because it it allows us to sort of hear 
that there is like you know hope in the way that you can stand out without having to change yourself or yeah you know mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, on the, on that same note like did you um when you were making these sort of political statements and everything and you were socially conscious of what was kind of going on yeah did you ever sort of feel a way towards muslims because uh i feel like i've always felt, felt bad for sick people yeah because yeah. yeah. i'm like you know it's it's our people that they're mad at yeah as in like muslims yeah but i feel like six get it the worst because of, of the, the confusion way yeah of right. the turban and the beard yeah, and that yeah. is like stereotypically what the american terrorist yeah uh looks like and they have nothing to do with you know yeah, yeah. islam and things like that they're a totally different religion totally yeah. different type of no 100 percent. So. and that's like so that's one of the stigmas that we were fighting against our own community because we would have you know immigrant uncles and aunties that didn't know any better mm. you know they come from a very different background growing up in india which is like filled with this propaganda about we have to hate pakistanis we have to hate muslims kind right. of shit you know which is all fueled by freaking stupid nationalist propaganda yeah. mm-hmm. um, still still which is yeah. to this very day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so Even they would communities, they would say things like oh um we are six. We are not Muslims. I'm like, don't fucking say that. Like, why would you say that? You know what I mean? So we, in our little space, we're trying to fight those stigmas against people in our own community saying, hey, look, you should not say we're six. We're not Muslims. You mm. should just say, don't fucking do bad shit to anybody, right. period. <laughs> like yeah. whether they're Muslims or six or whatever. Mm. Uh, so we've, especially my brother and I and the people that we work with, we work really closely with this organization called the Sikh Coalition. Um, they're like one of the largest civil rights um, advocates in the Sikh community. And they've sort of had, they share the same pretty much uh, ideals of like, we're not, we're not trying to put anybody else down or, you know, we're not trying to push somebody else in the front and be like, Hey, go bully these people. Like that's not about, that's not what we believe at all. Mm. 100%. That's incredible that, I mean, especially at that age, I think, you know, you might have those uh, thoughts going on. Some people might like, Hey, this is not even us that they're really mad at. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Okay. So then um, how was the response? It, it was cool i mean it was good um we had like a few highlights over the years so like i started college you know i started studying accounting and entrepreneurship at drexel in philly so i moved out of maryland went to philly for four years in the hopes that you're going to keep continue with roots gear it was Easy. yeah we were still doing it on the side so mm-hmm. my sophomore year actually in college we launched our dot-com for the first time ever mm-hmm. so before that it was sort of we would go to events and sell that? t-shirts that's 2006 okay so we were just like you know doing it in person and then finally we like i think we paid somebody like seven eight thousand dollars to build us a shopping cart website because it was unheard of like you know you had to make these websites there was no shopify squarespace was this money that you got from rootski already so this was we had brought on an investor uh, a partner so we had it was me and my brother and we brought on a partner and he was a full-time engineer so he he was like older than us he kind of had his thing together but he believed in what we were doing and he was like yo i want to be partners so we split the company three ways whatever and And is he still a part of it no he dropped off in 2013. now it's just you and your brother now it's just me and my brother that must be nice it's really nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's good uh but yeah so then we launched dot com and obviously there's like no traffic at all (laughs) because like people just didn't trust the internet right. with their mm. money. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking about 2006. So Facebook came out 
2002, three, whatever. I got it in 2005, back when you could only sign up with a college, a college email. email. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we actually did something clever. We started a group called Rootsgear, a Facebook group, and then we would just hit search for sing search oh my for god and we would add everyone <laughs> so the group had like thousands of members which for people that don't know is a common punjabi yeah last Sikh name, last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> so we were just like we're just gonna add everyone back then you could now you, yeah, yeah, i don't think you yeah. could do that anymore that's, like like, a, that's a great idea yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turban <add>. and um <laughs> And then that same year, we actually got this actor. His name is Varis Aluwalia. I don't know if you guys know him. He does like a little bit of acting. He's a jeweler. He was an Inside Man. Did you guys ever see that movie? Spike Lee movie, Inside Man? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Damn, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. We're just dumb. So we got him to wear our t-shirt, the 100% randomly searched one. And that picture and... Uh, this article came out in the Wall Street Journal in 2007 about Rootskier. Oh, he's not man. the model, is he? Is he the... No. Okay, well, yeah, he's a Gap model. Did you guys see there was like a big Gap campaign a couple years ago? Maybe. I'm His oh, face yes, was yes, everywhere. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, yeah. The beard, okay. beard turban guy. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Um, so we got into Wall Street Journal. That was like huge. We're that's like, crazy. we still don't have any money, but wow. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and the face, the article basically just talked about how we're using Facebook to market our business. And they're oh, like, man. hey, guys, Facebook might be a tool for businesses. It might, you know, mm. like might be more than what you think it is. Head of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was that. And then, you know, so many years went by. We we were like featured in some movie um we were featured in like gq's blog uh wow. do you guys know rob Lowe from yeah. west wing yeah. yeah rob Lowe was caught wearing one of our t-shirts that we did for this movie in canada do you remember what the shirt was yeah yeah i have a picture of it somewhere i'll show it to you uh it was our iconic design that we've had since like 2006 7 mm. it's like a half a sing and a half a lion like oh, meshed okay. together oh, cool. i've yeah. seen that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so yeah, those were all like cool like highlights that we had over the years. Mm. And then, um, you know, I finished college. Um, I came back to Maryland. I started working an accounting job. So I graduated at the height of recession. So like this is still a side hustle. It's still a side thing. It's mm -hmm. still like, it's barely doing like maybe five, ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like online wise. Because yeah. people are still yeah. the yeah. e commerce thing is not really popping yeah. just mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. My parents would not trust like putting a credit card anywhere online yeah. until like three years ago. Exactly. People <laughs> only really trusted eBay and Amazon. And that was, I think, the extent of it. Mm. Not even Craigslist. People were like, we're going <laughs> to yeah. get murdered on yeah. Craigslist. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So having, like, your own website was, like, strange. People were like, what the hell is this? Why does this, why do these people have their own website? Yeah. And they want me to put my credit card on there. <laughs> <laughs> so how long after did you realize that, okay, maybe there is something potentially here? 2013. 2013. Yeah. What happened in 2013? 2013 um, was basically the year... Um, I got tired of it. I just, I was doing so tired well in Roots Gear. Okay. I was just doing so well in my accounting career. You know, I was making strides and uh, I had just gotten married. So I was like working my nine to five and I was like, I'm happy. I'm good. This is like wasting my time. It's not making me any money. I don't know if there's a future in this. 
I think I remember even telling my brother, I was like, yo, I'm giving you all my shares. I don't know why I was talking like I was freaking Google or something. I'm like, giving you all my shares of this company. <laughs> Two shares. <laughs> um, oh, that was also the year that our partner left. and um, Because he didn't believe in it or was it just kind of it a... Was, it was a complicated, long yeah, okay. story. Okay. Um, but anyway, so then... Um, yeah, we were like pretty much ready to shut it down. And actually, it was my brother's wife at that time. I think they were engaged or might have been dating or whatever. Uh, she was like, no, you guys have built something amazing. You need mm -hmm. to stick to it. Uh, how can you just shut it down? Blah, blah, blah. The site was like already down. Like I had taken it off oh. and everything. And she gave like Summit, my brother, a really good pep talk apparently. <laughs> and then me and him had a really good talk and we we're like, okay, like if we're gonna do this shit, we're gonna do it like we've never done it before. We have to do it better, bigger, badder, like everything. Um, and so that's when I discovered Shopify actually. Okay. Um, and Shopify was fairly new on the market. Um, and once I discovered Shopify, it was like game over. Like we, uh, rebranded, relaunched everything. And I just put it in my head. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. I want to do this shit. Cause I was kind of, I knew I was good at accounting and whatever. Like, you know, my job was being notified, but I always knew in the back of my head that I had creative energy in me that I needed to put it to good use mm -hmm. and like really utilize it to the maximum potential. And so that's when, so 2014 basically is when we relaunched. That's where I feel like our current Roots Gears history or story really begins. Mm. Right. And then. What, what do you mean like when you found Shopify, it was just like a light to you? Like I kind of don't understand. So like, Shopify is basically a plug and play e-commerce platform. Yeah. Um, do you guys use it? I don't know if you guys no. do. No, no, no. But I like, I understand the platform, but like, why was that eye opening, I guess? Because this, oh, it was eye opening because that was the first time in my life in history of Rootscare, I felt 100% in charge. I was like, oh shit, I can add products. Oh shit! I could like, see. And you the didn't orders. have to pay some guy to like yeah. add it on the website. I was okay. like, oh shit! I could change the front cover page. I mm. can change these pictures. I can do all this stuff myself, and it's so easy. And I was like, oh shit! Like before, we used to have to ask the developer, and he would go in the back and do like fucking code <laughs> and all this shit. Yeah. And then he'd send an invoice for like seven hundred dollars, and you're like, god damn! Like, all I wanted you to change was the shirt of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so And who was yeah. doing all the designs at this point? My brother. My okay. brother had been doing them up to up until like 2014. Yeah. I think even up till 2016. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 2014 to 16, I was a manager, I was an accounting manager at a nonprofit in DC and I was doing really well. Uh, but I was working 9 to 5 and then 5 to 9 weekends, holidays, everything I was working on Rootscare. Uh, so I legit just spent every waking moment thinking about Rootscare, building Rootscare. And uh, yeah, in 2016, I took a trip to India, my first trip in my adult life. Uh, and when I came back from that trip, I just knew, I was like, all right, we got it, we got it. You're like on a mission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to call it quits with this job. Like I need to go all in because it just became like a full-time thing. Like I was constantly thinking about it, working on it, whatever. 
and we had made enough money in the la in the two years, 2014 and 16, where I was like, okay, I can finally pay myself something. Oh wow! Like it's not great. It's like what I was making when I first got out of college, yeah. but it's something. that must have been incredible though, because it's something mm -hmm. that you made. Yeah, and now you can yeah. pay yourself through it. It was honestly so fulfilling to finally like leave my job and start doing this full time. Nice. Yeah. When did it start popping? 2016. 2016. The, the moment I left my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still remember. It. I think the second day on on the job, quote unquote, my second day full time working on Root Scare, I was like, guys, I'm gonna run a flash sale, and uh, <laughs> I was like, everything in the store is 50 percent off. And it's only two hours. And um, I was like... And this is still through the Facebook group that you're... No, no, no. That died a long okay. time ago. Yeah. This is now... So who are you saying this to? Instagram. So uh, okay, you've, okay. we've Other moved a decade. Yeah. <laughs> so like a yeah. whole decade has yeah. gone by. Yeah. This is now... Instagram is popping. You know, only two years ago, this is all happening. What? You said 2016? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. two, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So 2016 is when I left my job. April of 2016. Got it. And uh, so I went on Instagram live and I was like, yo, it's going to be two hours, flash sale, whatever. Mm. And I still remember we did 120 orders in 120 minutes. So we legit wow. did a order a minute. And that that's was, like, that's, that's when I knew. Yeah. That's awesome. What was it? What was the uh, biggest selling uh, point there? Uh, that it was 50% off, that everything well, was 50%. Uh, what was selling though? Like everything? Oh, or? everything. Yeah. Okay. We had, we had Hanji Hello at the time. We had mm. a bunch of like designs that we had created ourselves. All this stuff. We had a bunch of stuff. So those, like Hanji Hello, for example, like that's a collaborative thing that you did with yeah. the uh, rapper, UK rapper Rackstar, right? Yeah. How yeah. did you get into these collaborations? So me and Rax kind of knew each other from okay. before because I used to make music when I was in college. So I used to rap, make music, make hip hop music, whatever. Are these available anywhere? Like, I mean, yeah. SoundCloud, yeah. yeah, you can look it up. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay, send us the link. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna actually like play that in this episode. Oh man, man it's gonna be weird. <laughs> You'll be like, what is this? Because it's all from like 2005 to 2010. Okay. So it's like, you know, it was a different sound. It Definitely. wasn't like, we'll listen, it wasn't we'll like keep what that in music. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I had just, uh, he had just launched a song called Flirt in 2013 mm -hmm. yeah. and in 14. And in the song he goes, we could start off with a Hanji, hello, hello, you know, yeah. she's like, Naji, N-O-L-O-L, whatever. And, and uh, you were like, dollar sign. <laughs> no, no. He, he came up with it. He came up with it 2014. He came to you. No, no, no. He, in 2014, I was on Instagram and yeah. I see Rax is selling these shirts. Oh, okay. Got and I go to the website. It's like a big cartel website. You heard of that yeah, site, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, I see in his comments, people are like, oh, I got the wrong size. What do I do about this? Mm. Oh, why is shipping so expensive? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And Rax is like sitting there actually like responding to oh, every he's single comment. Yeah. Wow. Like he's like, oh, hey, blah, Which blah, Which is blah. something an artist doesn't want to deal with. Exactly. So I just kind of saw that struggle and I was like, I just messaged him on the side. I was like, hey, Rax, like, you know, we do clothing and stuff mm. out, out here in the U.S. Uh, we, were in our, we were in our New Jersey office at that time. Mm. And uh, I was like, yo, if you need help, let me know. And then so we the sort of ball just kind of got rolling. And um, our sort of thing was he'll bring us traffic you know like he'll bring us customers he has following whatever um and so we started working with him and uh 
pretty much like the rest is history you yeah. know and that's and it seems like it's a great relationship now oh um, amazing yeah because yeah. he's like a friend and he's like a really good and those person shirts to still work with. seem to do really well yeah. Yeah. still sell to this day you, that's awesome yeah. you collaborate with so many different people like what who do you collaborate with like who have you collaborated with so it kind of started off with it kind of started off as okay um we don't have the kind of budget to spend tens of thousands of dollars on advertising so instead why don't we collaborate with an artist that already has all those followers which is our target audience mm -hmm. and then just you know that way we give them a cut we get influencer our cut. marketing exactly right mm -hmm. and so it started off as that and now we've it's just it just kind of snowballed and naturally kind of became what it is now so now roots gear in 2018 2019 is a marketplace so it's kind of like a urban outfitters you walk in urban outfitters has their own products you know they sell shit that they make but they also sell nike adidas Vila, puma whatever so that's like us you walk into roots gear you have roots gear products that we've created we've designed like i just dropped my fall collection and then I carry Hanji Hello, I carry Half and Half, I carry uh, Fateh's merch, I carry, we're working on Manpreet Thur's merch, we're working on Navpreet Bunga's merch, we've got um, so many other like collaborators like that. And mm -hmm. did you see yourself being that person? Do you like to be that person that's sort of like the go-to guy for like, hey, can you do my merch as like a, coming from a lot of these brown creators yeah. and... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very like, people's person so i love mm. it you know for me like um even you guys like anybody really anybody that's a cre creative being creative mm. person for me that's like fuels my fire it gives mm. me oxygen that's how i survive that's how i live is being around creative people having relationships with them talking to them building with them all that stuff yeah so for me this is like it's heaven you know I mean? <laughs> yeah i think the first time you mentioned uh Manbreath, i think the first time i saw Something that really caught my eye was something on her, which was on that Mickey Sing, yeah, uh, yeah, Urban Desi music video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that shirt, I think everybody, it was that woke shirt. Yeah, with yeah. the 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 O is a bindi. Yeah, yeah. And it has yeah. the eyes underneath. Um, That's Jesse's design. Jesse Sopal is another artist that I work with. And he's okay. from the Bay. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I think a lot of people were just like, "What is this? Yeah, I want this." <laughs> yeah. When I and talked to her, uh, she said people think that's her merch. People are like, "Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, you dropped clothing. Why didn't you tell anybody? We yeah. want to buy it." Yeah, I that's think awesome. yeah, especially having it on someone like that is is a is a huge deal. Yeah. Um. So what do you what do you think of uh, people that are now, um creating these brands that are also trying to push um like that cultural background stuff yeah um are you in competition with them or do you kind of like see it as an open space i mean i i think there's definitely anybody that works hard enough is in competition with us um but i try to keep my mentality uh especially with roots gear so i have two brands one is roots gear one is turban inc turban inc we acquired in 2014 when we relaunch roots gear and everything so turban inks are punjabi six specific brand mm -hmm. like we're like specifically targeting that market uh roots gear for me my, the vision for roots gear is to take it to the mainstream mm -hmm. i want to be able to compete with supreme i want to be able to compete with pink dolphin and uh staple pigeon and crooks and castles yeah. and all those brands right um so i try not to think of 
I think there's now like maybe a hundred desi brands, which is unreal. Like because it's <laughs> so you, not, you don't want to categorize Rootsky as a desi brand. No, I mean it is, but I uh-huh. I don't want to think of them as my competition. I'd oh, rather okay, I like see, what's I the see. point of that, right? Like Got I'd it. rather think of those guys, the bigger guys, sure. mainstream guys, as my competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because that's where I want to be. Yeah, our vision is basically to be a crossover brand. So if you think about. Uh, crossover artists like for example Aziz no not Aziz uh, Gabriel Iglesias sure. yeah. you guys heard of uh, yeah, yeah. that comedian yeah that comedian right? so he's a crossover act he used to you know make jokes in Spanish and English or whatever and people used to think oh he's only meant for Spanish audiences mm-hmm. and then he was like nah fuck all that like these are jokes that anybody can laugh at Mm-hmm. and so he became what they call now a crossover act mm-hmm. so now he's you know uh, mainstream basically mm-hmm. same with if you look at um, there's a lot of them out there yeah, yeah. if you look Russell at like Peters Pitbull yeah like Pitbull like or Sean Paul or somebody like that Priyanka you know? Chopra herself Priyanka Chopra whole, yeah, yeah right so I see ourselves as trying to be the first crossover brand that mm-hmm. basically I'm not trying I'm not gonna change what I put on my clothes I'm not mm-hmm. gonna all of a sudden start putting shit that has no sort of meaning to me or is that not would, relevant. That would be a, a contradiction would be a to, the, yeah. to the word roots gear. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'll always put shit on our clothes that has some sort of desi element, brown element okay. to it. Okay. I'm going to basically wait for the mainstream to be like, I understand that now. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Just like how, um, you know, Hasan Minaj does, you know, like right. he, mm-hmm. he's now mainstream basically yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. But and still uses his. He'll roots. still yeah. say "lok kya kahenge" in Hindi or Urdu mm-hmm. or whatever, and yeah. he he's like, "You fucking figure out what that means. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's not my job to educate yeah. you on brown yeah. culture." But all these people, all of us, all together, you guys, us, fashion bloggers, influencers, dancers, musicians, everybody's contributing to making brown culture mainstream. Right. Yeah. Right? I think where you started. Um, like with your sort of uh, political charge and, and want for desire for change, yeah. um, it makes it gives a lot of meaning to your brand. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's people, especially now, I feel that there's a lot of confidence in, uh, you know, after following people like you in the whole brown culture and brown scene. Do you think that there's people that are sort of stealing the culture, use, putting a price tag on it for the sake of being able to sell it? Um, so... I try not to get into like the whole appropriation <laughs> debates because yeah. I really hate them. Yeah. Um, me as an artist, I believe that art belongs to no one. Okay. And mm. I know that's like a very unpopular opinion or whatever, but everything comes from something. Mm. And, you know, um, yes, there are people that really take advantage of, you know, culture or whatever, but I'm also a very trusting guy. So I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. but for example, just this past Thursday, Supreme released a T-shirt, and it had it basically could have been a Roots Gear design. Like mm-hmm. if you looked at it, you would have been like, "Oh, that's Roots Gear, right?" It was a Desi Auntie sketch or whatever, and on top it said skateboard, but in Hindi, so it legit wow. read uh, skateboard, yeah. <laughs> skateboard <laughs> in Hindi. And I was like, um, "So how'd you feel about that then?" Were you excited? I feel like that's like, excited. It's like a that. mix. Yeah, it's a mix of like being pissed off, but also we're going validation. In that we're okay. going in that direction. Validation. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Like, okay, you know what? Now people are accepting brown culture to be mainstream mm-hmm. and a bunch of black kids, white kids, Asian kids are gonna wear this shit 
and they don't give a fuck what's written on there. They don't know what's written on there. They don't understand. And that's the point. I want to be able to do that for our culture mm. where I put whatever is relevant to our culture on clothing yeah. and you just buy it because it's dope and that's it. Not right. like, oh, I can't read what it says or <laughs> I don't know what it means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you buy super dry and it has a bunch of like Japanese. Yeah. I mean, Chinese people get little. tattoos of Japanese things. They don't yeah, know what they it don't says. Know. People get tribal tattoos. Yeah. And all yeah, that I guess stuff. they do bring it into the mainstream and that's the main thing. Then if somebody sees that Supreme design, they're like, I like whatever this is. I want to see more of this. Then bingo, like here's yeah. a company, Roots Gear. Like you could that get does exclusively many that. more yeah. of those. Like I see people um, a lot of times get upset with um, either like OVO or even Supreme using yeah. Arabic, Arabic on things. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and even in their songs, sometimes Drake will say Arabic and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Yo, that's not you, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it might also make the word like mashallah like more familiar to people. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I like. It's, to, it's I weird. mean, that's just me. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I like to. <laughs> maybe I like to see the good in people yeah. and be like, you know what? Maybe he appreciates. He probably has a bunch of brown friends. He mm. grew up in freaking Toronto. You know what I mean? Yeah, he probably no, has. I mean, he has a lot of like Arabs in his. Yeah, friends yeah. French circles. Montana is Moroccan, and Belly right. is also from the Middle East, and like all these guys are. Yeah. They're brown, so they say Mashallah and they say Habibi and DJ all this stuff all the time. All exactly stuff, right. Man. So. I like to think of it as he's paying homage to, you know, his boys. Yeah. Like he's making this music because it's because his. And boys he wants to appeal to other people. He's, right. he, he is yeah. a businessman too, so yeah, that that makes sense. But uh, I but think I don't think you go into writing a lyric thinking, oh my god, oh, this is gonna, gonna make, make me so right, much right, right, money yeah. from the brown market. Right. I feel like right. people do that though. You like, think so? A lot. Yeah. There yeah. might be, but to appeal to I like think it's an audience, I think it's confusing, and and people have a hard time saying that it's confusing. I think that you know in the fast-moving social media world now yeah. everyone wants to say their opinion right there and then right either there this there. is right or wrong they yeah, don't want to say like so let's quick. think about this for a second yeah. no what it's is so this? fast it's like it, it's uh, i was watching a video about millennials basically want instant gratification yeah right <laughs> they've they grew up with everything being in the palm of their hands mm. right away yeah. right you know, this guy in the video was talking about oh you want food Boom, two clicks away, you got food. You know mm. what I mean? You want a car or Uber, whatever, boom, it's right there. Yeah. You want mm -hmm. a girlfriend, you open up Tinder, boom, left, left, left. Swipe so right, you right, have right, one, right. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. instant gratification. Scary. So that's now, now that's translated into their political beliefs. They're like, mm. oh, this picture? Nope, canceled. Well, this the fact artist, that they think yeah. that they have to have a political belief. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Like, sometimes you look at candidates and you're like, do I agree with this person or do I even know what they're talking about? Yeah. What is, what do these taxes, how do they affect me? Yeah. What are these bills? Like, no, it's, sometimes it's just it's like, all one Buzzfeed article that they saw. Oh, that's like five things you should know about Hillary Clinton. And it's all five, <laughs> it's five fucking pictures <laughs> with like yeah. captions. I'm like, this is not an article. Yeah. You realize this is just five pictures. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's important that like, you're saying that you want to cross over like, almost kind of later like you're not trying to appeal to like a white audience or like an outsider audience right now and you're kind of staying true to that brown yeah. representation waiting for that to blow up because yeah. you're kind of like going with it i think that's so important in like the growth of root scare i think that's really yeah. going to pay off yeah and i mean it's not like we're not trying to appeal to the white people but mm -hmm. white people are just not onto us right now right um and that's okay i'm okay with that because right. what i want to do is capture as much of the south asian market first as possible so that 
when I do go sit at a table with a major brand like Nike or Adidas or whatever, I'm not coming to them with like, oh yeah, I started my brand yesterday and uh, <laughs> I have 10 orders yeah. and four customers or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can come to them and be like, hey, I have the largest market share in the South Asian space. So if you're going to do a collaboration, it should be with me. Right. You know, so that's the plan, the vision, the business side of things is really really grow the south asian space grow capture as much of the market as possible and then you know wait till this sort of light bulb moment happens where brown culture is now popping like mm -hmm. brown culture is like a yeah. thing sure. in the mainstream so, so now oh sorry go ahead. so now that you have like this is kind of going everything's kind of running and you're able to like make a living off it like what's your like date like what's your average day like what's my average day like i'll tell you what my average day is like before my life sort of took crazy turns and then I guess we can talk we'll about switch the gears. Yeah. 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 So my average day used to be, you know, wake up around nine, ten o'clock, which I, I know anybody that works in nine to five is really upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I've already worked two hours by the time you've woken mm -hmm. up. Yeah. I'll wake up and uh get to work and around like eleven and uh work, work, work till about twelve o'clock at night. And then in the middle, you know, stop for lunch, whatever. What is what is what does that work look like? Is it like going through stats and? No, I w I mean, so it's a mix. So right now, um, and this is something I'm trying to change in 2019. We're trying to put aside a salary for uh, additional employee, but right now I basically have to do the jobs of like five different people. Yeah. So mm -hmm. strategizing. Part of my day. Like yeah. Before five o'clock, I got to get orders out. So I'm like packaging orders and getting them out to the post office. Mm -hmm. Then I have to do customer service emails. So I'm making sure every mm -hmm. customer is responded to. I've got uh, ads to run and shit to post on social media because you just have to be consistent in posting all day. Uh, and then I'm also sort of thinking big picture stuff like, how do we do this month? What's going on? Our sales slow today. How do they compare to last year? Blah, blah, blah. And then late at night basically is when I'm sitting down to do creative stuff, like mm. doing my design work and thinking, okay, what's going to be next? What do mm. I, what do I want to do after this? And then in the middle of it, managing all those relationships with all those influencers too. Like, you know, I'm getting a call from Brown Girl Magazine, getting a call from Fateh, getting a call from Khalid who runs uh, Hanji Hello, all mm -hmm. these people. So like, it's a, it's a long ass day. Basically. Is it stressful? Like, hell yeah. Anybody that tells you otherwise <laughs> is lying It seems like you're, like, it's fun though. It's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. like the moment that you realize you found your calling is the most like amazing glory filled moment of your life. Like mm -hmm. you just feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Awesome. And this to me is not just root scare. Um, I feel like at some point I'm going to get bored of root scare or at some point mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm kind of done with root scare. It's gotten to where it's got to, I've sold it or whatever. It's running by itself. For me, realizing that I'm a creative person and that I need to, put out creative things into the world that was the moment and i was like this mm. is what i'm supposed to be doing with my life i'm supposed to be doing creative things whether that's writing a book or making music or doing comedy or acting or whatever it is that sort of feeling is amazing and i feel like you guys have found that early on in your lives i didn't feel that way till i was like mid-20s maybe i think we're or, learning every day that's yeah, the we're thing. Learning. <laughs> yeah and, and learning to do more and more because i think you have to 
yeah. Um, yeah. instead of going to somebody it's like hey I can do this myself now because this yeah. is available to yeah. me yeah um, did you ever think that with the music that you were ever going to take that somewhere like oh yeah I, I'm the, a dreamer right yeah. so like when you, the moment you write your first song you're like I'm gonna be a fucking rock <laughs> so star. when I win this Grammy this is <laughs> yeah. what my speech will be like yo you think that way you're like Bro, I who make, am I gonna I think I make speeches in the shower like all the time that's <laughs> that's the beauty of being a creative person yeah. is like we're not like everyone else we actually like have these... we're super crazy yeah we're super crazy <laughs> it's not about like you know when I win whatever it's more like what would I say if I was on that yeah. platform yeah. and it's yeah. just like you're already kind of thinking of like uh, what you've seen and what you hope to be if yeah. you get to that point. 100%. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with dreaming. Hell right? no. That's a part of being a creative. Like, we're yeah. dreamers. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're constantly, like, sometimes, and I realize this about myself way later in life, um, sometimes I'm driving and I have music and I'm like, I don't know if anybody thinks this way, but I think I'm being filmed. Like, I feel like I'm being documented. And so like, I think that all the time. you think oh that, my- <laughs> even though there's no vlog camera and nothing, no. like, but I'm just like, yo, my life is a movie. Like somebody's watching this. Yes. And so I'm yeah. like this soundtrack. Like, music is a big part of my life. Like, yeah. honestly, for me, when people, it's cliche to say like music is a soundtrack to your life or whatever. Mm. For me, literally, I have a really hard time expressing how I feel in like words <laughs> with like yeah. people. Um, but I'm really good at channeling whatever I'm going through in a creative way. What's your favorite uh, artist right now or ever actually? Like, what's your go to music? Oh, man, that's hard to say. I don't even know if I could pick. Very diverse. Yeah, I listened to a little bit of everything. Actually, uh, it was funny. Jesse just made a design that we're trying to put on T-shirts. It's basically ASAP, Rocky, and Nusrat in the same image. Oh, I saw that. You that's saw cool. that? And yeah. it looks that's, like they're on stage awesome. together. And I was like, that's that's you. very if, relevant. If yeah. I saw that live, that'd be amazing. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but incredible. it's like that's that encompasses like what we are like. We yeah. mm-hmm. listen to you know our rap and trap and... Uh, we listen to Nusrat, we listen to Bollywood, listen to freaking Punjabi music. I listen to a lot. I listen to a lot of independent people, like especially up and coming yeah. urban, urban artists too, because just for the support and because like, you know, it's good to listen to something different. Yeah. And you know mm-hmm. the lyrics too, which is, which is cool. It doesn't seem yeah. like, like I watch your stories all the time and you always have a new song on. It's always yeah. like a different genre of music. I'm like, that's nice that he's like open-minded. He actually like, he actually enjoys what he's listening to. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of, uh, I guess, people from um, like a certain era feel like, oh, no, our music was the best. And yeah, I'm only going to listen to that. And it's a lot of closed mindedness. But, uh, you know, there's also a lot of people that like scream like cultural police. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. this white person is doing this to our culture, blah, blah, blah. I had somebody try to blast me on Instagram, actually. Uh, they were like, oh, look at this brand, Roots Gear. And it was kind of confusing because they were, like, insulting us mm-hmm. and, like, talking shit about us, but also, like, complimenting us at the same time. <laughs> it would be, like, one product of ours, and they'd be like, oh, this is so lame, blah, blah, blah. You're appropriating black people's culture, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And then he's like, do more stuff like this. And it's also one of our products. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Like you gotta decide are you hating on me or not yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and do you, do you see that a lot no no not mm-hmm. at all no um because you know why is because we're very in tune with our culture like yeah. i'm very no, like you know what you're talking about i can about. speak my language yeah. I, I can read my language yeah. i can speak it right. i can understand it 
I participate in my culture. There's a mm. lot of kids growing up now that it's like a fad to run on this culture police That's thing. That's exactly what I was. Mm-hmm. But they have no fucking. Same. They're not a part of the culture. Like they right. they don't yeah. even know you know the things. They're like, oh, it's cool to like post up a picture of parlay G. Oh, like you know. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't never eat parlay G in your life. Like <laughs> I grew up on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant with those brands that I'm just like. Uh, sometimes I don't know if they're really know what the culture is or whatever yeah but they do see a dollar sign on it and then they're like hmm i could make money off i could this. i could ask my mom a few questions and translate a few things and yeah then we're, we're okay to go there exactly yeah. earlier you were mentioning like different creative aspects that you would pro- probably want to go in and you yeah. were talking about writing books and yeah. in front of us right. we have four books <laughs> one book <laughs> one book four but four copies of it <laughs> and, and it's called i wouldn't Call me. Call him poems. poems. I wouldn't call him poems. poems. Yeah. Where did you write this book? On an airplane. <laughs> on a Southwest flight from um, Oakland to Maryland. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. All there's there's fifty pages and fifty like ideas, kind of fifty poems. Yeah. Did you know you were gonna write this on the on the flight? No, I had no intention of writing this. I had no plan to write this. I this, had... mu- this must have been a really tough flight for you. It was actually really really going through it. It was actually a good flight. Okay. Uh, Yeah. uh, People might think that it was a really rough thing, but I think I had some clarity when when all of this was. You released it. Yeah. So I was coming uh, from California, and uh, my puppy, my sister in law, was sitting next to me, and she goes, Oh, you should write something. And I was like, Okay. So I pull out my notepad and my pen because I'm old school. I don't have like a fucking Chromebook and I'm Chromebook. or whatever. So I pull out my notepad and my pen and um, an hour goes by and I look at her and I go, puppy, I've written 35 poems. She was like, what? What the fuck? And I was like, yeah. Um, then I was like, I'm just going to keep writing. And then I kept writing and then um, two hours pass and... Uh, I looked at her and I go, I think I'm done. I've written 50 short poems. She was like, what wow. the hell? And I was like, yeah. What and was I, like your initial feeling after you like wrote that, wrote that 50th poem? It was cathartic. It okay. was really sort of like felt like a load had just come off my chest. Um, I went through some really personal stuff. Um, I was married for about five plus years and one day, one night, my wife just decided to pick up and leave. And we had, we've had our issues or whatever, but she had decided that pretty much she was going to go. So she moved back to L.A. to her parents' house. And at first, I thought it was like a break or whatever, but all the shit that was happening made it seem like it was really permanent. Like she got mm-hmm. her credits transferred from her college. She got like her car transported back over there she got her shit shipped to her she got like this is all of a sudden this is all in seven days (laughs) like and when was this this is in august august 20th around that time end of august basically this year this year year. oh man yeah yeah um and so yeah this is the day after the open house you were here so it happened after that the night after the open house yeah that weekend yeah monday night oh my god yeah so wow. I had, and we had done a housewarming because we had just gotten this new rental house. The four of us, me, my wife, uh, my brother, and his wife. And um, the morning of the open house, we had like 20, 30 people at our house doing like a housewarming kind of thing. And then we did the open house here at the warehouse. It was like a very high moment for me. I was like, 
everything is in place. Like you were winning. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm fucking on top. Like this is amazing. Everything's mm-hmm. working out. And then the next night, she was just like, I'm leaving. And she packed up that night. And then the following day, she was on a flight and she was gone. And then seven days later, her shit was gone. Her car was gone. Damn. She had transferred her job. She had transferred her everything. Like, you know, and I was like, wow. oh, shit. Like, then I went out to go see her, surprised her. And I was like, you know, like, whatever. She didn't budge. Nothing really changed. But anyway, on this flight back from California, once I wrote it, for like three months so the flight back was in november last mm-hmm. month so this was november i want to say like 10th or something 11th maybe you were you worked really quick okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um yeah so on the flight back i wrote this and for the last three months i was just like in this shock or trauma or whatever like i didn't know what was happening with me like i didn't know very what... understandably yeah right. i was like in this black hole of confusion i was like what is this is this a break should i keep hope open like are we gonna get back we're not talking to each other at all there's no explanations coming out of this she sent me like a long list of why she left like uh-huh. all these reasons mm-hmm. and I'm did it like, make sense to you most of it made sense to me and i okay. was like yeah you say this this is wrong about me i accept it i want to work towards it I was it be communicated before or this is kind of like yeah oh, this okay. is like you know Got this it. is okay. stuff like we've kind of gone through the past five years yeah. blah 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 yeah. and so um what happened oh so yeah finally when this came out of me i was like fuck like now i know how i feel and what i'm like what's going on in my head had you addressed or talked to anybody before you wrote this yeah we had talked like once or twice here and there a couple times and they just weren't great conversations like they would just end up in me breaking down and then me sort of no, I'm saying to anybody else, oh. therapist or anything. So, no, I, I just started seeing a therapist. I think I think I had just started seeing her in November, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very brief. Like, we had, like, maybe one or two sessions or yeah. whatever. Um, but, yeah, and so the book, after I wrote it, I was like, I sort of automatically knew. I was like, all right, this is a book. Like, mm-hmm. this is. Yeah. And you don't want to edit it, it huh? at all? Like no, so part like of it is also like trolling. <laughs> like mm-hmm. a part of me is mm-hmm. also like, what if I wrote a book that was so just like plain, easy, like as if I had just texted somebody and I didn't proofread it and I didn't think about the consequences of it and I didn't think about, you know, oh, can I make this poem longer? Does this word sound right? Should I use synonyms or should I use fancy words? And I was like, nah, fuck all that. I was like, I just want to put out some shit don't promo it nothing just like boom one day be like hey i wrote a book here it is who's it for it's for for me it's for anybody that has gone through or is going through anything like me Mm. um because writing some things out or reading them out loud sometimes are very helpful in the healing process Mm. right so like for me to write out i am not okay i am not okay i am not okay multiple times um What's that poem? And then at the end it says, I need help. Somebody please help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I'll never, I would have never said that out loud mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can do my it closest friends way. or my family yeah. or anybody. But once I wrote it out, I was like, you know, this is how I feel. Yeah. Like, oh, so sure. I, like when I read this, first yeah. of all, I, I like what you do. I like what you're about. Yeah. I was like, easy order yeah <laughs> a lot of people did that because there's so because much it's curiosity it's like yeah, oh shit it's sure. his name like uh but uh it caught me by surprise yeah i, think I was like too. i was not expecting this yeah um and i don't know about 
all of that stuff or anything like that. It's not relevant. Um, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I've tried to tell people is that my relationship or my marriage has nothing to do with this art. Mm. This can, this mm. is a standalone piece of art that yeah. whether you know anything about me or anything about my relationship or anything, it should be taken as just yeah. that nothing yeah. else. It shouldn't be. And I tried to explain that to her too, when she read it and she was yeah. not happy about it. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, Farah showed us the book yeah. and we were popcorn reading yeah. each page yeah. in front of a heater. It was so in front cozy. Of heater. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's reactions of like after a certain phrase or after a certain poem, yeah. we would talk about it and yeah. it really made us think about like, have we experienced this before or does it like, like does what's this he happen? going, yeah, what's he going right. through? Do you think that it, you know, shocked a lot of your family yeah. or friends and like did they reach out to you what was the process of that most everybody in my inner circle like mm. my really tight-knit circle already knew and as yeah you know but none of them had read it legit like i published it yeah got a proof copy in in the mail and that was the first time somebody read it before mm. that no one had read it mm. and this is only like 10 days after i wrote it so mm -hmm. i wrote it i put it up on amazon i got a proof copy shipped to me the proof copy came in and i was like I have a really core set of friends. I was like, you guys ready to read this? <laughs> They're like, yes, we've been dying. And I was like, all right, cool. Here you go. You They read it in front of you? No. Uh, I home. emailed them PDFs. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then my brother read it in person. And then my sister-in-law read it in person. Um, what was and the that, reaction? Because you talked about your brother and your sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my brother's reaction is, uh, let's just say I'm glad I didn't give him the responsibility of being the first reader. Because, you know, me as somebody who had, nobody had read this. Is he older or younger than you, by the way? Older. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, almost three years, yeah. Okay. And so he read it. He goes, huh, that's good. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> that's him though because like we grew up in an environment with a single parent mm. where we didn't grow up in a family that was very like affectionate or like really crazy with the expression of love like mm. hugging and kissing and I love yous and miss yous and things like that yeah. we're our way of showing each other love was you go to work you go to work you go to work we all just work hard <laughs> and the bills are paid and we love each other That's yeah. <laughs> just know it so, in the back of your mind but mm -hmm. don't say it yeah don't say it well, like my mom gives reaction. me like these prime minister hugs like, like from the side like oh my God. <laughs> prime minister hugs. i'm like mom what the fuck like <laughs> you're not the first lady <laughs> you know like <laughs> you don't have to hugs. do this That's yeah. so funny. what was your bobby's reaction she liked it. She said it was really good. Yeah, she really liked it. Yeah. yeah. Those that don't know, um, it, are we allowed to uh, dive into a little yeah, bit of yeah. these poems? I think Amber yeah. had marked some things. I wanted to talk about something too. Sure. Um, so one of them that I, uh, I think this this was my this was the one I thought about the most. Okay. Very Which one is that? I'm gonna pull it up. It's it's uh, everybody turn to <laughs> turn to page page sixteen. <laughs> it's the fourteenth poem. Um, is it poem number fourteen? Poem number fourteen. Oh, um, okay, yeah. It says, "Too scared to call it quits." Some asshole on Instagram called Robin Williams a coward. Yeah. Uh, That's is me. that is that um, does that say that even in um, suicidal tendencies, yeah, there is pride. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically somebody that's so close to the edge, but still feels like they'll be shamed for doing that. You know what I mean? Wow. This is, so like, so you're thinking about like the after effects. Yeah. I'm like, shit, like I don't want anybody to think I'm a coward even after I'm dead. You know what I mean? And, um, 
so that kind of relates to the one poem where I talked about, you know, my way of, uh, my sort of way of calling it a quits is like, you know, keep eating junk food for like five years straight and then have some mm-hmm. asshole diagnose me with diabetes, just take a couple of years off the back sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I'll ever be able to, I don't, I hope I never get myself to be able to, you know, get to the point of, I really don't care about that either. Yeah. So I think this poem kind of shows that, I think it kind of shows that I got to the extreme boundaries. Like, you know, how like you get to the edge, complete edge. Mm. But then you're like, something just sort of like still guilt trips you. And you're like, fuck it. Mm. Or you turn around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like when I, when I saw that, I was like, I was actually talking to some people about it. And uh, it was like, my question was like, can pride save a suicidal person? Mm. And, you know, I got a lot of responses to that. And people were kind of like telling their, um, you know, experiences or people that they know. And it was just so interesting that like, you know, this one thought yeah. that you wrote in this book yeah. can now like open conversations for so many people yeah. to talk about these things and question yeah. what's really going on. Suicidal thoughts are interesting in general. Like I was telling one of my friends, we were talking about how sometimes you have a really good day, mm-hmm. like a really fucking amazing day. Like earlier this week i had an amazing day woke up on time came to work headspace was right mind was right you know went to the gym everything like and at the end of the night i was like now's a good time to call it quits like i just fucking feel at the top like this is a good time to leave you know what i mean like kind of like when somebody wins the super bowl they're like now i should retire type shit Mm. and i was like what the fuck is that like why would i feel that after such a success, what, what, we, what we would call in the mental health space, like a successful day, somebody that, you know, woke up in the right mindset and like, you know, mm-hmm. lived their everyday life. And at the end of the day, you're like, hmm, like I've done good here now. Yeah, yeah, I've done really well here now. Let's let's bounce. Right. So they're interesting. Like sometimes you sometimes you're at the very low and you feel those thoughts come in and sometimes you're at a nice high and you yeah. feel those thoughts. I creeping. think this book covers a lot of like mental health things. And I think that even um, you said it's not relatable, but to an extent, I feel like it is definitely relatable. Yeah. Um, like there was you had like three poems specifically on depression and um i couldn't relate to two of them but there was one that i was like wow it says what does depression look like imagine walking into a room and someone drops a smoke grenade now try building some ikea furniture i was like that is like such an interesting way to like dig into somebody's mind and just be like okay like this is this is what it's like yeah and so you did cover a lot of that so did you feel like this was a part of your like cycling out of depression and coming out and like coming back on top well we don't know that i wouldn't say i came up on top Mm -hmm. i just because it's such a it's such a long cycle and such a long spectrum such a Mm -hmm. big spectrum too like i'm still in it like Mm -hmm. when it comes to being in the thick of it i'm pretty much still in it for the most part some recent developments have sort of allowed me to get more weight off my shoulders and feel a lot lighter but the poem you brought up is actually my therapist's favorite poem too she was like you nailed it on you know on the head you hit the nail on the head she was like that is very descriptive of what people with uh, depression go through um she was like legit it feels like that for people that go through depression they feel like they can't see anything they can't focus they there's no clarity there's Mm. just just smoke like your your entire mind is just smoke 
the other one was uh, you walk into like the hoarder's room mm-hmm. or whatever and you try to put shit together or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, that's... Um, that was my therapist's favorite poem. So. When you, so, so your therapist read the whole book? Yeah, she did. Yeah. And uh, what were her or him? Yeah, her. Her immediate yeah. sort of thoughts on it? Um, she liked it. So she actually read the book. Then she read the email, the longest email that my current legal wife wrote mm. <laughs> to mm. me about how... About the book? About the book. Mm. And then she read my responses to that email, and mm. then we talked or whatever. She liked the book. Uh, she said... Um, she said it's great that you recognize that you process pain through art, mm. um, which is, I think, a, like, it, it hit me really hard, and I resonated with it quite a bit. Like, if I think back to when I was... 13, 14, 15 in high school and I started writing rap lyrics and I started rapping and stuff. It was because my parents had just gotten divorced. 9-11 had just happened. Mm -hmm. I was kind of being made fun of at school for being this fob kid that had just moved to this country with a funny accent and wearing funny clothes. And I just didn't feel like I was fitting in. So there's all this pain and suffering. And all that pain and suffering basically was taken and channeled to a creative art form. And then once it came out the other side, I felt much better about it. Mm-hmm. So this is realizations. These are realizations that I didn't have before that now I'm like, oh, like this is how I process pain. Right. Um, and so it's been really good to just know that so that next time you know something happens, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to process this pain. Mm-hmm. And you just started going to therapy this year? Yeah. I, was... Saw, I was diagnosed in February earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh and with I got depression. Di- yeah, with depression. I got diagnosed because just being a creative is hard. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Um, you, you're your own boss, but you're also your own worst critic. You're mm. also your own number one cheerleader if you if you can be. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like so many responsibilities and so much pressure. Um, that you know, it started to get to me. I was also working like nonstop, fifteen hour days, and you know being married and dealing with stuff that's happening at home stuff that's you know work stuff it just really got to me and so i started seeing a therapist then i saw her for like a few sessions and i i was like i don't think she's really helping or maybe she just wasn't the right therapist for me yeah but uh yeah and then after all this happened i started going to one again and now now you now i go regularly once a week yeah you know in our community that doesn't exist it doesn't no so that must have been super hard for you to like understand that okay this could help me or whatever what would you like say to people that are contemplating that or feel a certain type of way about going to therapy especially in our community i encourage it man so much like honestly you don't have to go to the lowest lowest point to start Mm -hmm. like even if you start to feel it come on early just fucking go it's like going to the doctor Mm -hmm. and it's like going to a friend really it's like going to a friend that really understands what's going on in your head so like Mm -hmm. usually when we go through stuff we go to our friends and we vent but our friends don't really know what to do with that information all the time. Right. They can listen, they can sympathize, they can offer some advice, some experience, whatever. But they don't always know, like, hey, you're feeling this way because X, Y, and Z. Mm. And that's what a therapist does. That's yeah. all it is. It's just talking to somebody. It's not like some... Having someone navigate your thoughts. Yeah. It's not some shit that they make it out to be. Like, you know, it's like such a big 
yeah. taboo in our community or whatever. I also think another thing you do that a lot of brown people don't do is go to the gym. I just started. <laughs> I just started. No, that makes me yeah. really, because after I read this book, um, yeah. it makes me really happy seeing you go to the gym. Yeah. Um, because I know that uh, not only creative things, but also physical things that you don't have to think because, yeah. you know, you're, wor- you're thinking at work. You're also thinking when you're doing creative things. Yeah. The gym is just kind of a place where you can just kind of be like this animal and, yeah. and just yeah. w- you work out physically, yeah. not think about anything. And so yeah. it makes me happy when I see you yeah. at the gym because I'm like, oh, finally, like, he's getting some like, you know, activity in there. Yeah. And, and I know it makes you so happy. It does. It really does. And that's so, yeah, that's crazy. always nice to see. Can Brown people go to, yeah, go ahead. I want to pee. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, where welcome are, back where, from our welcome. <laughs> he just that man just took off. He's like, I gotta be. <laughs> Never had that before. Literally the first podcast. time. First for everything. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. Was well, like right before you bolted, I was gonna say yeah. my favorite poem in the whole book, which is the last poem, and it says, "I'm alive because oh, I'm glad yeah. to." Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my. Um, I've been I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think I'm gonna get that tattooed somewhere. Hmm. Wow. On somebody else's body. No. <laughs> <laughs> That myth is a lie. That myth is a lie. Nah, probably. Yeah, it's just a uh, yeah. The it brings a book like full circle. Full circle. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a lot of like depth in each poem, so if you wanted to, you could dwell into mm-hmm. each one and spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll give you an example. Well, I'm glad I didn't say like I'm alive and I'm okay, because like that it doesn't no. have to be that. It's like. I'm alive yeah. and I, it's just like yeah. that alone just says so much I don't know if this counts as a poem but yeah. my favorite is send nudes <laughs> no, that <laughs> doesn't count. I'm joking <laughs> I'm joking but like for example poem number four right I w- wish my mom never raised me to be strong I could really use a cry right now yeah. so that's basically you know I think that one's a little bit more self-explanatory but like I grew up in a household where like I said my mom never let us cry or let us grieve or let us feel bad for our situation or be like oh yeah why don't you go ahead but i think that's a relatable thing for a lot of brown people a lot of brown people they don't show affection to their kids and it's actually really unhealthy Mm. and Mm. it's like bad (laughs) like i'm coming to the realization that crying is okay like Mm. sometimes i need a cry i just need to let it out and i feel better afterwards you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so now after all this has happened i'm learning to cry which is like a new skill set. <laughs> you like find your favorite song or something and you're like, all right, time to do this. Let's get in the car. Let's do the crying exercises at this time of the day. Yeah. Now that we have context from your Kuwait story, the yeah. I've survived wars and broken homes. Yeah. I'm not sure I'll survive this mix. That's literal. It's literal. That's wild. Yeah. So broken homes is my parents' divorce, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh. Even this one. So number 17 is like, Nothing Everybody is turns. nothing is forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure somebody's already said that before, but fuck it, bitch. You don't own words. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? like, <laughs> that kind of goes with your thing with art, where you're yeah, saying like, nobody owns right. the but, art, but that's what you feel. But writing nothing is forever down for somebody that was going through or is going through that much stuff in their mind, mm. it has a lot of depth and it has a lot of emotion behind it yeah but it seems like one of those cliche tumblr things that you would see oh nothing is forever you know whatever that's Mm -hmm. so my whole theme throughout the book which you'll notice is 
I say a lot of things that have a lot of depth and a lot of meaning and a lot of emotion behind them. But my character or my personality is to always cover it up with comedy. Mm. So like I'll like this nothing is forever poem or like even the poem. This is another one that I really don't There's think. There's one where you had some bars. Yeah, there's one that I had some bars. He's rapping. Yeah, if we cover sure. too many poems, all of them will be in this episode. Yeah, and, then and nobody they have will to buy, buy it. <laughs> and we'll link this in the description, by yeah. the way, if you yeah. want to go and order it. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, Where is that one? The one that I wanted to cover. Why are you uh, looking for that? Uh, yeah, go ahead. How did you, uh, you know, get get through this so far in, in the fact that, like, nobody knew... Or at least, like, I definitely, from an outsider's perspective, didn't know that all of this was going on in this short amount of time. How did you not, how did you keep your business running and all that? Because you are literally the only person um, besides your brother that, yeah. you know, does this. Uh, it's been hard, honestly. It's yeah. just not been easy. Um, Rootsgear has, I would think that Rootsgear has suffered um, quite a bit. Um people watching or whatever would not think that at all maybe like no. oh like yeah. it seems like you're just yeah. hustling yeah. Seamless. <laughs> um that's one like majority of that is thanks to my brother like mm. he really picked up the slack him and his wife have really like my sister-in-law my puppy mm. have really just like carried me through mm. this whole past four or five months um and uh he really stepped up uh, when it came to handling responsibilities for Rootscare Turban Inc. Yeah. And um, so a lot of that is kudos to him. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is kudos to our customer base and our partners and stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, there are days where I just don't feel like I just can't motivate myself yeah. the way I used to be able to, to leave the house, to come mm -hmm. to work and to do work and stay here for like 12, 13 hours and constantly just be on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I used to be mm -hmm. on like every day. Like I would wake up, boom, get to work yeah. and like work straight all the way and just be on the whole time. Like, okay, that's no. next, that's next, that's I'm next. I'm glad you said it's been hard because I think it would have been easy for you to, uh, for, for anybody else to have said like, I did it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. But I'm no. glad that that's part of it because, you know, that lets everybody else know that, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's real. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that's what I feel like a lot of people are missing these days is mm. just realness in general. Like people are afraid to be 100% real about who they are and, you know, what they feel and what the, what the shit that they go through. Yeah. Uh, social media makes it look like, you know, I had to uninstall Instagram the other day for like 48 hours. I was like, I need to get off Instagram mm -hmm. because it was affecting me negatively because I'm in such a bad place. I would log on trying to find happiness in Instagram. Like, oh, there must be some happiness Psych. in this app. And <laughs> you're the going worst through, place to go. You're looking through it and you're yeah. like, look how happy everyone is. And you're like, why the fuck am I sad? Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. But everyone's not that happy. Yeah. Everyone's just posting their most happiest moments. Right. 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 Nobody's posting, this is just me sitting here for fucking eight hours a day at the desk <laughs> yeah. pretending to work. Nobody's yeah. posting about that. Yeah, People sure. are like, oh, I just went out for Starbucks or you know, I'm doing this or I'm on vacation or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I'm learning about myself. I uh, think your loyalty uh, from your uh, your fan base also is also like... A big thing, yeah. A huge thing because um, we're learning that the more that we travel and, and spend time with like industry people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think especially after this New York trip, we really talked about how like 
it's the it's the real people the the people that like we really see value things in life and not like followers and all of that kind of stuff that left the biggest impact on us yeah and so i feel with you it's also that you really care about you know people you care about the culture you care about where you came from and you really know it and so i think people are transparent to that yeah and even in your stories and everything you're honest you're real like the fact that you put this book out that could have somebody could have told you like yo this is gonna damage your business yeah yeah i guess i mean i don't want customers that would read this and be like oh i'm not buying from root Scare anymore because yeah. this guy's yeah. depressed like fuck no that. but you, you know didn't think of, you didn't think about that <laughs> no, though. and that's the main thing it's like it yeah. you know this is who i am and even you're saying right now you know i don't know if root Scare is gonna last that long and like i'll hand it off to somebody i might move on to something else like you're just yeah. being yourself yeah I'm and not trying to give you guys any diplomatic like, <laughs> answers. You know what I mean? I'm just which I think we're having a real more. conversation. Yeah, the yeah, realness yeah, yeah. as a parent. Yeah, yeah. So that's There's cool. this poem um, that I want to highlight. Uh, poem number thirty-seven. So, like I said earlier, like there's a lot of the constant theme is basically me saying really deep emotional stuff mm. and then sugarcoating it with some comedy. So thirty-one is trying to write a poem about missing you. But I ain't trying to lie to my readers for real, for real. <laughs> right? Fire. So people read that and like, yo, this dude is savage. <laughs> like, yo, he's so over yeah. her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The depth of this poem, if anybody has the time to actually dwell into it, I written, I wrote a whole book with 50 poems about how I felt and everything. I wrote that poem because I couldn't bring words to paper to talk about how much I missed her. So it's not a poem about how I don't miss her and I'm trying to lie to my readers, but like it's really about I have no words. Like Mm -hmm. fucking the book is full. I still can't tell Mm -hmm. you how much longing there is. Mm -hmm. And so people read it and say, oh, you dude, you're savage. But that's just comedy (laughs) covering up what I was really trying Mm -hmm. to say. Isn't that what a lot of comedians are too? It's it's so much covering of pain and, and situations that were out of their control. Yeah. And that's nice that at least you're able to use that you still yeah, it's able to gift. keep that alive in you. Yeah, it's you a are gift. funny. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's a lot coming here. from uh, Ronald Puddle. Oh, come on. Stop <laughs> it! Chill, Stop chill. it! And in the For the longest it, time, I told you I couldn't pronounce what your name was. I was like, guys, what is this? <laughs> what is? <laughs> I had to ask for us. I was like, can you please tell me? It's what it says. <laughs> it's good because then people have to like talk to us. Yeah. yeah. Then he was like, like Ronald Puddle. I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like Ronald Puddle. And it's like loud. There's music blasting. You're like, what? They're like, yeah. how do you spell it? How do you spell it? <laughs> Welcome. Take yourself home. What is it again? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll ask you again. I definitely much. pretended to know what you said the first time you told me at the open house. Uh, you're like, Ronald I was like, oh, that's so cool, man. <laughs> no, you were you were super welcoming. I saw you like busy mm-hmm. running around and everything. That was awesome. Uh, last thing about the book. Basically, if poems were meat, these are rare, which it says on the back. Yeah, that's, that's a bar. Yeah, that's a heavy bar right there. Yeah, that's good. Um, what do you hope that people get out of this? Um, honestly, if they can get something out of it, great. If they can't, I really it was don't, for yourself. It was for me. So. It was it was a healing experience for me. Awesome. Uh, putting it out was mm. me fulfilling my duty as an artist, fulfilling my responsibility as a creative being, because. And I was having this conversation with, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Humble the Poet. Mm-hmm. You guys know Love him. So, Convera, I was talking to him when I released the book. 
And I, I don't know what he thought of it. I thought of, about it. He's supposed to get back to me. I don't think okay. because he was traveling a lot. So okay. he said he, he's gotten it, but I got to ask him. He can write. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's got bars. <laughs> and he goes, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I wish I was normal where I could just share my feelings with people normally and I don't have to like write it out and make a book <laughs> and all this shit. And he legit said, fuck normal. He's like, you and other creative beings, all of us have a gift other people rely on us to put this out into the world so that they can heal by listening to mm -hmm. our songs, reading our books, watching our movies, listening to our comedies or whatever. Like we have this responsibility as creative beings to put this shit out to the world mm -hmm. because we have the gift. And so that really resonated with me. And, and I think that's true for you guys too. Like you have to do what you guys are meant to be doing, which mm -hmm. is, you know, entertainment in whichever mm -hmm. form it is mm -hmm. yeah. podcasts or comedy or skits or music you guys do all you guys do it all which is amazing <laughs> <laughs> you guys have bars you guys have punchlines you have everything thank you and it's thank your you. responsibility <laughs> but as long as you thank understand you like that's a responsibility no, for sure right? like, like no yeah. one else is gonna do that uh in the way that we want to do it and yeah so you yeah i mean and, and people you, need you, you to it. do it yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Is 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 humble like everybody's sort of go to guy for yeah self help like <laughs> from so many people? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've known him for ages because like when we started rapping, yeah. uh, there was only like maybe a handful of us that were like yeah. Sadar rappers, yeah, uh -huh. uh, turban rappers. So it was like me, Houdini, Deep City, Humble. Um, who else? I'm forgetting a couple. Fateh. Obviously, damn, Fatih's gonna hate me that I mentioned him. That's the guy you make clothes with, right? Yeah. 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 Just rain. No. <laughs> you can tell us. It's just called Toronto. Toronto has amazing culture, man. They yeah. all stick together. They all support each other. They have so much creative energy there. Mm -hmm. And they're all very well sort of, you know, uh, they all work well with each other or respect each other and stuff. That's kind of like what we're trying to do here, right? Mm -hmm. we, need, yeah. we need to do that here in Maryland. DMV mm -hmm. is yeah. foster an environment, a community of creatives that, just want to share and work and build together for sure yeah um we're gonna to try to wrap this up um but yeah. on sort of like a closing note um where do you go from here what do you hope to uh accomplish or inspire um let's see i mean one i'm spending a lot of time now just working on myself so making sure my mind is right making sure my body's right that's beautiful um i'm taking this like these like next two months to just do that Make sure I'm in a good headspace. Make sure I'm back to where I'm supposed to be, um, and then uh, just growing Roots Gear as much as possible. We've been growing about 40, 50 percent each year, um, so just want to keep that growth going, gradual growth. And then I think for creatives, whether it's a brand or a blog or whatever it is, designers, a lot of times we are just waiting for that one moment. Like especially in today's day and age, like everything works on that one moment that just changes everything mm. um like for hassan minaj it might have been the day he got the daily show yeah right mm -hmm. like that it's was like the right exposure once exactly you, once people see what you're all about and for aziz it might have been when he got parks and rec mm -hmm. or whatever you know so 
we're all sort of just for Mindy's like the office. We're all sort of just waiting for like that one moment. But in the meantime, you have to keep your head down, stay humble and just keep grinding it out and believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really differentiates us from a lot of new brands that come out is they don't have enough vision or they don't have enough belief in what they're trying to do. They're just sort of trying to make a quick buck or they're like, oh, this is so easy. I could do it and there's no investment. There's no like, you know, I don't have to put in any of my own equity. Yeah. And so that's really uh, for us what, what makes me different is I really just believe in what we're doing so much mm. like beyond belief like yeah um like i want brown culture to be represented well in streetwear mm. because when i grew up you know kids were wearing che Guevara shirts they were wearing mm -hmm. bob marley shirts and i was like these are great like i can relate to them but they're not representing me that's not my forefather's face on there mm. and i have people that basically represent the same things Bob Marley does and the same things that Jay Guevara does. So our vision was like, we need to showcase that as well. Y'all got some sick like art and stuff like that mm -hmm. from back then with all the swords and, and the, yeah. all that. Kind of, like that's hype. Yeah, I yeah. feel like if that was on... And that's all going to make a comeback. Yeah, it's going to make a very sure. good comeback. Well, we wish you the best of luck. This has been amazing to have you on here and for us to get to know you. Yeah. Um, and and we love you like already yeah. and yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so I'm excited to awesome conversation Thank you so much for yeah. letting us come into your space. Oh yeah. no, I'm a, I'm so blessed that you guys are here. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to do this. This yeah. is the first time I've talked about the book in a what public setting or whatever yeah. you yeah. want to call it, like yeah. <laughs> media setting, podcast setting, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad we got to do it. I'm Thanks. really happy. Uh, we do have one last question that we ask. The most important the end question of every podcast. Oh shit, what's that? Amber? If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what would it be and why? Oh, shit. <laughs> this is Strange Flavors. Uh, Welcome, stranger. Can I just talk about, like... I any think... flavor. It doesn't have to be ice cream. It doesn't have to be anything oh, in particular. Shit. It wow. could be literally anything. It we could be the, something We had the burfi going over here. Yeah. Damn. Was, uh... I think, well, my favorite ice cream flavor of all time... It has to describe you, though, for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll make it work. I mean, okay. I, I could do things on the fly, so I'll figure go ahead, out. Go ahead. Creative. <laughs> Uh, my favorite flavor if anybody knows is baseball nut from baskin robbins baseball okay. nobody's, nut. nobody's never, heard of it never heard of it <laughs> it's, it's basically vanilla ice cream yeah. with raspberry swirls with uh, i think they're pecans or walnuts or something One but of those. why um why does it describe me let's see um because one i'm a very sweet guy okay <laughs> I'm also hella Check. fruity. Check. <laughs> fruity. <laughs> I could be hella fruity, dreamy, you know, that sort of thing. But I also have a lot of roughness, crunchiness, like, you mm. know, to it. So the nuts. Wow. Got the nuts. <laughs> but you don't play baseball. Huh? But you don't play baseball. I don't play baseball. Cricket nut. Cricket nut. Cricket nut. I like that. That was awesome. Yeah. Baseball nuts. Baseball nut. You should have it awesome. sometime. Tell All them right. I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Baseball like the only like, person who gets that flavor. Yeah. 
<laughs> they have it stocked up sitting for me separately. There, like, go to go to Baskin Robin, get your baseball nut, go pick up a copy of I Wouldn't Call Them Poems, and go on rootsgear.com. 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 Rootsgear.gov. All of it. Check out all of that in their own social media. We'll link it all in the description. And also, uh, we still have merch, I Live Theory, um, and we're coming out with lots of more uh, videos and everything in the year to come. So thank you guys all so much for your support um, for this podcast and everything. Let us know who else you would like to see on here. Um, but yeah, yep, yep, yep. it's love. been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll see you next time. Peace. Never have friends.